Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Siri. What? Can you please play the DeCommunist podcast? No. Oh, Siri, you bitch. Hi, everyone. Wow, can you believe it? Can you believe we're doing another episode of DeCommunist right on schedule three weeks in a row? Can you believe it? I can't. I'm proud of myself. Hi, it's me, Jess, the host of DeCommunist, Disney Channel, Original Movies, Munist, because of communism. Uh, Not the theory, but the name. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so happy to have your ears listening to my talkings. This week, you guys, we're talking about uh, Right on Track. It's a movie about sisters, I think. It's a movie about drag racing, I'm certain of. And it's a movie about mm, overcoming sexism? I don't know. Uh, if you haven't listened to the past two episodes of season two here, uh, we did Camp Rock and then we did Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century. That's okay. I forgive you. I've changed the format of my podcast a little bit, where in the past I would just watch the movie and then talk all about it and give you just tons of details in one sort of media dump. This season, I'm going to talk to you about the movie before watching it, watch the movie, and then come back with some hot, fresh takes. That way we can talk about... The fond memories I have of the movie, my impressions, just how I remember feeling about it without getting too bogged down in details or hypercritical viewings as I am wont to do in the second half of the podcast. Gonna be shorter this go-round, if I'm being honest with you guys, because I don't super remember very much about Ride on Track. I can tell you the thing that I remember clear as day and possibly the only thing I will accurately remember about this movie, there is a scene in which our lead character, played by Beverly Mitchell, who uh, is the middle sister, the Jan, of uh, the Seventh Heaven family. I'm sure they have the last name, but I don't know. I don't know what it is. All I know about that show is that in the opening credits, there was a family dog, and the dog's name in the show was Happy, and the dog's name in real life was Happy. So it was like, Happy, played by Happy. If you don't believe me, I used to watch so much ABC Family every summer. They had a great lineup, and then they would always ruin it with Seventh Heaven. So I would always get as far in the show as the theme song, and then I was done. That was it. The one thing, ooh, I'm just, I'm thinking a lot about Seventh Heaven right now. I will find a way to share with everybody one of my all-time favorite uh, internet videos. It's a scene from Seventh Heaven where the dad is confronting the kids about pot. Or something. He, like, he found a joint or he found some weed or whatever. And somebody has taken that scene and put the Inception music over it. Which doesn't sound like it would be funny. But you really just, you must watch it. It's super funny. <laughs> um, but anyway, wow, I got really off track. Right here from the jump. What a, what a great start to an episode. What I was saying, the thing that I remember most about the movie Right on Track. Uh, is Beverly Mitchell's character is in school. And she's a drag racer. Um... Oh, I just had like a flash that she's also a volleyball player. Oh, it's like slowly coming back to me. And it's all coming back to me now. Anyway, she's a volleyball player and that's a conflict. We'll readdress that as well. I really need to get this point across. She's sitting in class. She's thinking about drag racing and she's got this like handheld game basically. And it's the lights. It's like the red, red, yellow, yellow, green or whatever the system is. And you press a button when it hits green to like work on your start times. And her teacher busts her playing with that instead of, like, paying attention in French class or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I know it's nothing. I know it has very little to do with the plot. 
I don't has very little um, of any sort of intellectual interest or interest period at all. I understand that. I'm not an idiot. But it's all I remember about this movie. Like, I truly, I didn't even remember the reason that I wanted to um, watch this movie in the first place. A, because I'm eventually going to get through all the Disney Channel original movies, hopefully. I don't, you know, explode or something before then. Or podcasts don't die or... I don't know. We don't get into like a nuclear war with North Korea. Um, <laughs> topical. <laughs> I was reading this list. The reason the reason I wanted to watch this movie is I was reading this list. You know, um, uh, stars that you didn't remember in Disney Channel original movies, and it said Brie Larson was in a Disney Channel original movie. I was like, well, that doesn't sound right. So I didn't even remember. And she's like the second lead, or she's the lead's younger sister, or possibly her rival. I'm pretty sure they're sisters. Um, and I didn't, I don't remember anything about this movie. <laughs> I didn't even know the second most important cast member. Do you know, like, do you get what I'm saying? I think I've been pretty crystal clear in getting across the point that I don't remember this movie very well. <laughs> so we're all going to have a lot of fun watching it. Cause when I come back, I am going to have so many fun facts to share with you about this movie. But let me, um, as I was talking and you just a uh, little stream of consciousness, you heard how my thoughts come into my head which was quickly, loudly, and rudely. She was a volleyball player, as I recall. She she did her volleyball team sport, and then she also had drag racing. And I think part of the dilemma with these two sports is, A, one's a team sport and one's sort of more individual, although I'm sure she has, like, a racing team. And then one, ooh, I, I might be putting a lot of weight on this movie that doesn't belong there. Um, but I think one's, you know, volleyball supposed to be the more feminine of the two activities and uh, uh, the, the racing's more masculine, more it's a boy sport and she's shattering records or whatever. Um, maybe not so much records, but uh, the whew, <laughs> that glass ceiling. Couldn't remember the name of it because it's invisible. Oh, comedy. Um, uh, um, oh, you know what? There is something else that I do remember. And I wish I could explain to you what it was about me or my brain or the way I spent my time as a child. But I remember with frightening accuracy, A, the kids who did the little Disney Channel talk show during the commercials, and B, the subsequent Disney Channel original movies said kids were in. I've talked about it. I said I was going to try to organically squeeze it into every episode, and technically this is organic, because I'm talking about the the whole concept of this um, movie surfers. That's what it's called. I googled it. Um, I know technically I said I wasn't going to like research things before, and there was one of the podcast. Don't talk to me like that. I don't want to hear that tone of voice. I'm doing what I want. I'm trying to educate. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be a real sweetie pie. So, I googled it. The show is called Movie Surfers. It started in 1997, which I have gone on record as saying is the best year known to man. Never will we top 1997. I, I feel like since I brought it up, I'm going to have to tell you. It's the year Harry Potter came out. It's the year Titanic came out. It's the year Anastasia came out. It's the year Hercules came out. It's the year 3AM by Matchbox 20 came out. And it's the year... Disney Channel started their little mini talk show called Movie Surfers. So one of the movie surfers was named Lauren or Laura or something. And she was the girl who was in the Princess Diaries, who was also the villain Margie in um, Xenon. And she was in the Princess Diaries. She had a tiny little part because she was doing a behind the scenes thing while they're filming the movie. And she watched Lana Anna Fontana sing Stupid Cupid, 
boom. So good at getting that in there. But there was also another gentleman. Um, well, there's another girl who was a movie surfer. And she, her name was Lindsay, I think. And she was in The Color of Friendship. I almost said The Color of Purple, but that's not right. She was in The Color of Friendship, which is another movie we will get to talk about on the podcast. Um, I'm not going to promise it next week, but certainly soon. Certainly within the next hundred episodes or so. Um, and then there was a gentleman. Um, I... I think I, I did look up his name, but I didn't write it down. It's Marcus or like Marco or I'm pretty sure it's Marcus. He is in, and I didn't know this from looking it up. I really want you to understand that I just remembered this because uh, my brain latches onto the most insignificant details of the most insignificant things, but he's in right on track. He is um, a member of the team. I want to say he's like the mechanic or he is some sort of science guy. Like he's there to help Beverly Mitchell's character get better at racing or is there to improve her car. Some He does something like that. And he has a crush on her, I think. And I think it's kind of like she doesn't have a crush on him and he has to learn that women don't owe him anything and that just because he feels romantic feelings for her, uh, she doesn't necessarily have to reciprocate those feelings. And if she doesn't, he should respect it. Um, I'm hoping that's the lesson he learns because that's the lesson all people of all genders and and uh, orientations and ages and everybody should know nobody owes you anything okay getting real heavy on this episode um yeah so this guy is in this movie too and i remember I was thinking about the movie and I was like, one of those freaking little Disney Channel movie surfers is in this movie. They're all in so many movies. There was a fourth movie surfer. I can't remember his name and I don't remember him being anything. That's not to say that he wasn't in anything and maybe I'll look it up more um, in the second half of the podcast and come back to you with some facts and figures. Maybe I won't. I am an enigma. I am a mystery. I am a wild card. You're never quite sure what I'm going to do except for when I say exactly what I'm going to do, which is about 85% of the time, but that other 15% of the time, woohoo, look out. You don't know where I'm coming from. Um, but you know, we're going to, we're going to go back to that 85% of the time. And I'm going to tell you right now what's about to happen. I'm about to stop talking. I'm about to give you a break, uh, from listening to my ramblings because I'm going to go watch right on track. Okay. Um, I don't think it's on Hulu or Netflix. I don't know if I've mentioned this or not. Um, but when I'm watching these movies and I'm not finding them on streaming, a, I don't know how to legally download things, and B, I don't want to illegally download things. Um, as I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not criminalizing those who do or whatever. I just don't. I just remember, like, I had it wasn't LimeWire, but it was like, you know, actually, it might have been LimeWire. It was one of those things you'd always get a freaking virus on your computer, and I know that that's not how the things work, any moss, but. I digress. I don't want to download things illegally on my computer. So um, YouTube is a terrific resource for Disney Channel original movies. Um, they, Disney Channel themselves, have a channel and you can rent or buy these movies. Excuse me, I'm so sorry. So you can rent, I think I rented, get a clue. Um, and then obviously Amazon, they're so cheap. It's like three bucks. I bought Xenon for truly, I think it was about $3. It was super cheap. Um, and then I have Xenon forever. But for the movies that I'm not, you know, in love with, um, yeah, you just rent them on YouTube. Or obviously, uh, I should have said this first, the first thing I try to do is I will go search, you know, um, right on track part one on YouTube and see if something comes up. YouTube has gotten a little bit better at cracking down on uh, 
excuse me, they've gotten better at cracking down on people illegally uploading full movies. Bunch of yahoos. It's like the, who cares? You know, the movie came out 20 years ago. Let's all just relax. Okay. Who cares if it's on YouTube? Is Disney, they're not re-airing this. They're not making money off this property anymore. They're not going to do a reboot. Just let me see it. And that's really kind of besides the point. Um, but they used to, it was, it used to be a lot easier to track down a Disney channel, a DCOM on YouTube. I remember I was working and we had a slow day at work. It was not my current job, lest my current employer hear this podcast and think you were doing what at work. It's back when I was still in school and it was my part-time job. We had a slow night and I was watching Genius part one through like part 12 on YouTube. And my friend Mike was watching, I think he was watching Smart House. He was watching Smart House or he was watching Luck of the Irish. One of those movies with that Ryan fella. Um, but so you used to be able to do that a lot easier, but now it's harder. And so I'm willing, I, you know, I have a little disposable income. I'm a young adult. I pay taxes. Um, so I can buy these movies. That was a real long way of saying, hey, if you can't find these movies on a streaming platform, it's really, really easy to buy them on Amazon or to buy them on YouTube. Did you guys hear how professional that was? I'm not saying I need a sponsor, but I'm just saying, you know, if you guys are fans of podcasts, listen, Casper Mattress, um, uh, Squarespace, Redbox, that's movie themed, huh? You know, hit me up. I'll, I'll shell your stuff. Shell it? Shell, 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 shulk it? What's the expression I'm trying to think of? I'll sh- not shelf it. That's the bat. You don't want to shelf anything. That means to put it away. Shuck it? That's corn. I'm from the Midwest. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so, wow, I lied to you. I said I was going to stop talking, and then I just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. I'm going to stop for real now. We're going to go watch Right on Track. We're going to come back, and we're going to have a lot to say about this movie. I'll see you guys in a minute, or, or well, I, if you're... <laughs> ooh, fuck me. Sorry. Language. That's not going to get you the sponsors, Jessica. No, I know, Jessica. This is how we get ants. If you're going to stick with me through the podcast and just give it one solid listen through, I'll see you in a couple seconds. Or if you're going to be like me, stop, watch it, come back later. I'll see you in a couple of hours, uh, days, weeks, months, hopefully not years, but I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. We'll be back. And we are back. Sorry, I had to run to Home Depot to return the hammer that this movie was hitting me over the fucking head with talking about girl power. I am all for it. Do not get it twisted. But this movie, right on track, wow. I mean, from the get-go, they wanted me to understand that these gals faced some opposition trying to get into the world of competitive drag racing. I tell you what. But overall, I had a positive experience watching the movie. Wow, how dull was that that expression? That whole sentence, everything I just said was dull. Let's get into it. I just watched right on track. Uh, This is, I think, honestly, the first time in the history of the podcast that I've watched something and then immediately started recording. So that shit is fresh in my brain. If you've not seen the movie, that's okay, because I'm about to, right now, tell you what it's all about. Spoilers abound throughout every podcast I've ever recorded and released. But I, I do maybe just, I should probably say that lest you're sitting there thinking, oh, right on track. I'm going to get a, a, a little teaser to just whet my whistle and then I'm going to watch it. No, I'm going to throw your whistle in a lake because you're going to learn everything you need to know about this movie. 
The plot itself is shockingly simple. There's not a lot going on in the movie. Basically, Beverly Mitchell, Beverly Mitchell's character, Eric, Erica Enders, her dad is a professional racer, and as a child, she's like, oh, I'm mad into that. And then they come out with this blessing of a junior drag league. Erica's like, I gotta get me into that league. Papa agrees. Erica starts racing. She gets going, she gets going. Um... Her sister, Courtney, her younger sister, played by Brie Larson, Academy Award winner Brie Larson, thank you, that's right, an Academy Award winner was once in a Disney Channel original movie. I love the world. Um, so her sister, Courtney, starts racing with her, and then she's got this competition with this man named Jordy Nolson, Jordy Nolts, Jordy Knowles, Jordy, some, Jordy something or other, and his dad's a real fucking sack of shit. The dad is played by some man who I think is named William, and he's like a knockoff Woody Harrelson. And he, like, from the beginning, is like, is your girl, blah, 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 she's gonna cry, blah, 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 she's a girl, she's a girl, she's a girl. Like, every individual, every man, adult man in this movie, at one point, comments on the fact that she's a girl. Like, no shit, buddy! You know? <laughs> what, what's the, what is the point of saying that all the time? I feel like the writers of the movie were like, well, she faced opposition, so we must show that every available opportunity. I have a hunch, IRL, because this is based off a true story, and we'll get to that. I have a, I have a, an inkling that in real life, most people probably didn't say that sort of mean shit right to her face. Because it's the American way to talk shit behind someone's back and look them right in the old horse and lie. So, you know, I get that it's a movie and exposition and you have to... You have to set the scene. But boy, did they set the scene. I set it like a table on Thanksgiving. So they're both racing. She gets into this competition. Um, well, she's in a competition with literally everybody because she's a professional racer. Amateur. Um, and then she wants to win nationals, so she has to win nationals. That's, you know, that's the plot A. Um, plot B is... Uh, Erica is supposed to be 15 in the movie. I think Beverly Mitchell is like 22 when filming this, so you know how that goes. Um, but so she's having a hard time adjusting. She's a hormone. She's liking boys. Oh my god, he's so handsome. His name is Todd, and he's just, he plays basketball, and he's tall, dark, and handsome, and he's got a cute little face. I didn't like Todd at first, but we'll get to Todd. I, spoiler alert ended up liking him. <laughs> so the, the puppy is like, she needs, she's on the volleyball team, which I was right about. I was right about almost everything I said in the beginning part of this podcast. Per usual. I'm a genius. So she is on the volleyball team and like the girls on the volleyball team razz her because they're like, oh, you're finally going to play a real sport instead of just sitting on your butt racing cars. She's like, mm, you don't even know, you know how strong you have to be. The G-forces and you have to move your arms and your neck and you're zipping around. I'm very strong. And then she promptly fucking spikes a volleyball right in their faces and it's like whoa okay maybe you are an athlete you're pretty strong but then ultimately there's a a, a a predicament where she has a race on friday and the finals of volleyball on a saturday and it's like if we drive all night we can get to the finals well of course the band breaks down is late to the finals they lose and like every girl on her team's like no thanks a lot erica like we got our butts handed to us Thanks a lot. And the coach is like, I expected better of you, Erica. And it's like, bitch, 
If your team is only as good as one player, you're not a good team. You didn't deserve to win the finals. Rise above. You're missing one girl. It's not like half the team was out with a busted ankle. I don't. I can't really imagine a scenario where everyone... You know what? I lied right to your face. I can imagine the exact scenario where the whole team could have a busted ankle. There's a scene in this movie, I guess to illustrate the fact that sometimes Erica did have a social life, or maybe to slightly advance her plot with Tad... But she goes to like an ice skating rink and she brings her friend Randy. Randy's the guy I was talking about earlier, played by Marcus. Um, And they go ice skating. And he can't ice skate for love nor money. And then for some reason on the ice rink, there was like a taxi. And apparently it was like a golf cart. So they put like a cardboard taxi picture around and it taxied you onto the ice. I truly don't understand why they did it. But I think it was so he could have something to like hold on to as he like slipped inside around the ice in the middle of it. Um, (laughs) It just, the whole, most of this movie was unnecessary. And I guess maybe that's not fair to say because they made a movie and the, you know, it served the purpose of the movie, but it just, more time could have been spent elsewhere or more interestingly. Cause even like the big kind of climax of this scene with her going to the ice rink is that she sees Todd and then Todd, she's like, introduces Todd to Randy. And I was like, oh, Todd's going to be jealous. And Todd's like, no, what's good, man? And like goes to shake his hand. And of course, Randy's like falling all over the ice. So he doesn't shake his hand, ultimately. But that's just showing Todd was a good guy. And then Erica is dropping Randy off in her huge black pickup truck with a license plate cover that said, no, this is not my boyfriend's truck. Classic. She drops him off and he's like, oh, hey, do you think we could do this for real? Like go on a real date? And Erica's like, no, I'd be like dating my brother. Like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. And he's like, okay, do you want to set me up with so-and-so? I was like, okay. So they, the whole time before the ice skating rink, they never had any romantic inklings at all. You know, like he worked, Randy works with her family on her car. He is her mechanic. He's a real sharpshooter. He, she's like, we need to get you a girlfriend. He's like looking at other girls, not in a creepy way, but he, you know, he's like a teen boy. And he's like, oh, she's pretty. And then they go to the ice skating rink. And then I guess... They just were like, mm, we'll just address this uh, possible <laughs> heterosexual pairing here um, and then move on. It would have been, in my opinion, better or more interesting if they just never said anything. And they're like, yeah, guys and girls can be friends. Like, straight guys and straight girls can be friends. There's nothing stopping them. Not everyone has to always have tension. But they didn't do it. So that's part of the B-plot line where Erica doesn't have any friends. And then she quits racing for like a weekend and then just sits on the couch. She's like, I finally got the weekend to myself. I'm always missing the parties. Todd asked me out on a date. I couldn't go out on a date with Todd. And so she's like, I'm just done. I'm done with racing. Like it's over. I want to have a normal teen life. So then they go, her sister and her parent, her dad and Randy go to the race. And she just sits at home all weekend, just literally sitting on the couch doing nothing. I'm like, Erica... Listen, if you're going to make the choice to move past racing and start a new chapter of your life, you have to be active. You have to reach out to your friends. They don't know that you're free because you have been busy every weekend since you were eight. Okay? If you want to hang out, you're going to have to do a little initiating. Todd want to go to the movies. Guess what? Call Todd. See if he wants to take you to see a flick. Huh? You, Todd can't know your schedule. There wasn't Facebook. This movie was from 2003. She didn't have a status update. It was like, hey, at home, kicking it. She didn't have a freaking Snapchat and the Snapchat story of her dumb ass just sitting on the couch like bored AF, dog Snapchat filter wink. And 
I say that because it's the most popular filter because it is literally the cutest thing. Like, I'm not judging the dog Snapchat filter. It's adorable. I love that filter. <laughs> so, Erica needing friends is the D-plot line. And then, I mentioned in the first part of the podcast, I was like, yeah, you know, she's, like, got some, like, game that helps her with her timing and she's, like, playing it in French class. I don't understand why my brain works the way it does or if this was just a good guess, but it was 100% her French class and they only ever show her learning French. That's it. She goes to high school, we know that, but every class you see her is her French class. At one point she falls asleep with a book on her chest and it's her French book. Her and Todd bond over um, like practicing French vocab words which did not have any sort of theme. They were learning fruits. They were learning words. They were learning like body parts. They were learning the word jealousy. I don't know. Uh, but the best part about that is when she was in the French class and the French teacher was talking on Francais, I understood. So shouts to Madame Kleffner and Madame Dupin because I still remember my French was good. Sorry, I regret saying that. So, but she has to keep her grades up. Uh, straight A's, she can go to races. Out of state B's, she can race, but she's staying right there in Houston. It was actually uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. I don't know why they didn't just set the movie in Salt Lake City, Utah. That's where they're going to be filming. Probably because it's a true story and those kids were from Houston. But nobody had an accent. I'm like, listen, y'all doing it up real big in Texas. Ain't nobody got no accent. Stupid. So she has to keep her grades up. And then, of course, she's getting a B in French, which what a blessing. What a mitzvah to get a B in French. I wish. I didn't get B's in French. I got C's in French because I didn't understand how to conjugate verbs. So she's like, I need to get an A because I have to go to nationals and that's out of state. So she's like studying, studying, studying super hard and ultimately gets her A and she can go to nationals. Okay. Those are the three main plots of the movie. Racing plot. You know, I lied. Let's, okay, we're going to give it four. So there's the racing plot. The her not having friends, I'm going to say is the B plot. I'm going to bump the French down to the D plot. The C plot is the relationship between Erica and Courtney. Courtney wants to be just like Erica, and she's naturally very good at drag racing. She has, like, really quick reaction times, and she's, you know, she broke Eric, or yeah, she broke Erica's record. She's just crushing it, but she doesn't take everything as seriously as Erica does. So Erica's like, Courtney, you don't take things seriously. Like, how are you better than me? And that really chaps her ass. And then at one point, you know, Courtney gets interviewed for a magazine, and Erica doesn't. And then... But, you know, like, they love each other. Like, it's one of those things where, like, they're competing, but not really. Um, you know, Erica's going to teach Courtney to sort of elevate her. But, well, she, I mean, Courtney comes right out and says, like, I wouldn't do this if it wasn't for you. Like, you sort of paved the way for women or girls in this sport. So thank you. And then Court- Erica's like, Courtney, thank you so much. You've taught me how to relax and have a good time and not take myself so seriously. What a joy. And then... They don't have sponsors. Like, every other racer in this doesn't have sponsors, but Courtney and Erica are sponsorless because they're girls. And the dad, in, you know, classic right-on-track fashion, is like, well, I'm gonna do- I'm gonna just gonna tell you. People don't like that you're out there beating the boys, so they don't want to spend the money on you. I'm like, okay. Well, that's fucking rude as hell, but we'll move on. And then they finally get interested in the sponsor, and it's freaking Pennzoil. Like, how do you come out the gate with the premier... Like, I don't know, the premier auto company? I can't, can't think of anyone other than, like, specific automobile makers that's a bigger name in cars. Truly. But they have to, like, yeah. So then, you know, it's like, let me, if I may, let's talk about Brink for a second. Brink, 
they're amateur skaters with no sponsors. Team X Blades has all the sponsors, and that's like a real problem. Ultimately, uh, Brink's team needs some money, so they get a low-level sponsor, and it's Andy Brink Brinker from Team Pup and Suds. It's like the local dog washing company is who sponsor them. I was expecting something like that for Erica and Courtney. A low-level sponsor, but someone there to elevate them. Wrong. It was Pennzoil. Top-of-the-line sponsor. And then, you know, you can imagine the montage with all the Pennzoil logos. Shouts to them for paying for most of the movie, I would imagine. And then you get to Nationals, and of course... Um... I, I, I talked about this already, I'm so sorry. But of course, Erica's poured, poured up... Paired up. <laughs> Shout out to all the pairers. She's paired up against Jordy. Um, and then she's like sitting there on the line, and like every negative thing anyone's ever said, like, oh, you're a girl and you can't do this, and all her mistakes are running through her head. And she almost red lights, which means false starts, uh, but she doesn't. And then she sits back, and her sister's like, breathe. And then so she starts breathing. She relaxes. Guess what? She wins the race. She's the champion. Jordy, whose dad was a real fucking sack of potatoes, as I have previously stated, he shakes her hand and says, hey, I want to race you again. Fantastic. Um, you know, then basically end of movie. <laughs> Todd is great. Todd ends up being a real sweetheart. He buys her a teddy bear before her big race and he organizes a viewing party, which they have signs that say, go Erica, which I get, you know, they're trying to show that the party's for her, but she can't see those signs, guys. It's, it's She has no idea, but I really respect them for going for it. So that's right on track. That's a, that's a great plot summary of the movie. Now, I just, there's a couple things I want to talk about, if that's okay with you. It doesn't have to be okay with you. You can turn me off. Um, but <laughs> please don't, because that would hurt my feelings. <laughs> the number one thing that I um, want to talk about in this movie is Brie Larson's bangs. 2003, what a joyous time to be alive. Her bangs were terrible. They had a lot of volume, but they were they weren't like straight up. They weren't 80s bangs. They had volume, but they came down in very thin strands, kind of all clumped together, and then sort of parted in the middle, but not really. And I was like, honey, boo-boo bear, why did the hair and makeup ladies treat you like this? And then I was researching the real Courtney and Eric, and I was like, oh, that's why. That's how she wore her hair. <laughs> it was incredibly accurate. So if Courtney or Erica end up hearing this podcast, which... God willing, they don't, because A, how would they in the first place? And B, they're both still in the racing world. Like, Erica, she doesn't race drag cars anymore. She races stock cars, which um, are basically like regular cars with huge motors. And she's out there. She's just crushing it. She's winning national champions. She's married to a man who also is a racer. I was looking them up on Recopedia. Um, so she's still racing. Courtney, I think, is also still racing, but maybe is more of like a reporter from what I gathered. Also, she was still bringing it. Like, she got her bang situation sorted out, and she is cute AF. So, I guess maybe I do want her to hear. What's good, Courtney? I, why do I keep saying that? Am I Nicki Minaj insulting Miley Cyrus at the MTV Music Awards? No. I need to cool it. And then just sort of going off the whole bang issue, every pair of sunglasses in this movie sucked. All of them. Mom, Dad, Courtney, Erica... Randy! All terrible. Todd didn't have any sunglasses that I saw or that I remember seeing, but if I did, I'm sure they were terrible. Okay? Um, speaking of mom and dad, this is something I found interesting in the movie. Her and her dad, Erica and Courtney as well, and the dad have like a really solid relationship. 
he supports them. He's always there for them. He is trying to teach them good morals. At one point, he's like, "I, you know, I know I had to teach you, you know, er, er, yeah, Erica wins against or beats Jordy's time trial or whatever and sasses him, razzes him real good. And then the dad's like, you know, I, I never thought I'd have to teach you how to win. Like, you're being a real... You're being a real jerk right now. So the papa is great. He's out there. He's doing his best to raise his kids right, making sure they're good racers. And then the mom is sort of relegated to being the family worrywart and recorder. She always has the the camera in her hand and records all their races. I don't want to speak to the actual Ender's family dynamic, but it's so odd to me that in this movie that's all about, you know, girls can do anything they want to do. They relegate the mom to this very tertiary background role. Like... I know the dad has the racing experience, but they could have at least been a bit more equal. Uh, you know, the mom, the dad, he's, like I said, he's very supportive. He said he's going to let them walk away whenever they want to walk away. And, you know, when Erica says she wants to quit, he's like, I mean, you can tell me why, but I'm, I'm going to support you 100%. But then the mom, you know, is talking to Erica after a loss one time. He's like, why do you do it? Are the trophies worth it? And she wasn't saying it like she was trying to get to the bottom of anything. She was trying to low-key convince her to stop it's like what is what is that what is this what is this mother character doing she's not she's not anything really like at one point erica crashes okay well she i mean she crashes because there's something wrong with her car and it doesn't stop at the end of the race so she just sort of runs off the track she's no longer right on track okay she goes off the track and into like the sand pit and they (laughs) they helicopter her away and they take her helmet off and they're really worried about a neck injury and I don't know a lot I'll probably reach out to my dear friend Jamie who's a a physical therapist sports trainer athlete I don't I'm not really sure what her title is but she's very smart and she would know the right answer they take her helmet off which I think seems wrong I think you shouldn't do that when someone's got a fucked up neck but anyways they, they airlift her away in a helicopter and then they get to the hospital and ultimately, just, you know, no, not to leave you in suspense, Erica's fine. And literally goes back to the track the same day to race. Doesn't have a concussion. Doesn't have any broken bones. They pulled the trigger so freaking fast on calling that helicopter. Like, she would have been fun had she stayed at the track and just had the doctor give her, like, a once-over. Like, shine a little pen light in her eye. Your people's dilating, you're fine. Get the fuck out of here. But no, they just, you know, they love drama. But anyway, so they're at the hospital and they don't know everything's okay. And the mom and dad are sitting there. And then the mother has the audacity to bring up something that the dad said seven years ago, because Erica's 15, back when she was eight and first wanted to start racing, she was like, the dad said, you know, if it wasn't safe, would I let her do it? And they're sitting there in the hospital and the mom's like, hmm, if it wasn't safe, would I let her do it? Do you remember when you said that? I was like, is that really necessary right now? Nobody's happy. Nobody likes sitting in the hospital worrying about their child. Do you really have to rub in his face right now? You jerk. So the mom character didn't understand her. The dad character loved him. He was, you know, charming. He was strong-willed. He was smart. He never ever once was like, I don't know, sugar plum, should you be doing this? He was the exact opposite of the dad from Motocross. The dad from Motocross is... A nightmare of a misogynist. Um, And the mom is like the really cool girl power one in that. I like the dad in Ride on Track much better. Obviously. How could I not? But I like the mom in Motocross even more so. So if these two could get together 
and marry, get divorced, remarry, the children would be professional athletes before they were even born just because of the sheer support their parents would give them. Or frankly, if they didn't want to be professional athletes, they wouldn't have to be because their parents would love them and want them to do what's best for them no matter what. Something else about the movie that I wasn't too terribly fond of, and again, this isn't fair to put on the movie, it never said it was going to be a, a rock, ruckus, rouches. I need to stop trying to use words I don't quite know how to pronounce, or even if it's the right word I need to use. It never said it was going to be a comedy, okay? But there was next to zero comedic moments in the entire film, okay? The sister, I think, was supposed to be funny at some points because she was like a really sassy tween, but that mostly just annoyed me. The two things that I found funny in the whole Snake and Movie were at one point, Erica is going to get her driver's license in her huge pickup truck, and she's got this like course, and the instructor doesn't know that she's a professional race car driver. Surprise. So she's just zipping through this course, and he's freaking out, like, you know, grabbing the oh shit handle, and they're zipping around. But she's not doing it dangerously, she's just doing it really well and really efficiently, and his face is funny. And I'm pretty sure, I definitely should have looked it up, but I think he was the guy from back in Pixel Perfect that drove the search engine when (laughs) the little uh, android girl, (laughs) I can't remember her name, she's not an android, she's a hologram. When the little hologram girl goes like into the internet and you see it as like a super highway, I'm pretty sure he's in that. That's a lot of words to say. Nothing very interesting. Um, you know, the early 2000s, the fashion was mediocre at best. Mostly people were wearing fire suits or like crew pit crew outfits. Before the sponsor with Pennzoil, the Ender's crew outfits were dull compared to everybody else. They were maroon shirts with like Ender's racing embroidered. But like of all the outfits that I saw, those were definitely the ones that I would wear because they're, they were, they were casual, but professional. And I think that's the vibe we're all trying to reach for. Something, this movie, um, you know, it happens so much of it happens like at the racetracks with their trailers and all their equipment for their cars. And I always love seeing that in movies, like all the specialized equipment just for these cars. Like they have, you don't obviously don't drive the car from your trailer to the track. So they have like little go-karts or um, golf carts that pull them around. And, you know, they're trailers with all their tools and everything's got, you know, the racing flag, rally flag maybe. All those like little logos all over the place. It's just a real treat. I love seeing stuff like that. That's one of the big reasons I like motocross so much, among many other reasons. Um, I think that's about everything I want to say about this movie. I'm looking at my notes just to make sure I haven't missed anything important. Oh, Randy, the the uh, the man who like helps with her friend, helps with the cars and everything. You never see his family. Like he is always with these people. This strange family he, like sleeps in the trailer with them. He is always traveling when they're out of state. I mean, they go from Texas to go like Louisiana. I think at one point they go to Indianapolis. They're all over the place. I'm like, where are his parents? Do they care that he's gone? Are the Enders family paying him for this? I don't, they didn't have a sponsor, you know, so I doubt he was getting a ton off the top there at the the get-go, which went on for seven years. But I digress. This is not a movie about Randy's financial status. Although, you know, if they were to make a Ride on Track 2 sequel, I would be curious to see what Randy's up to. (laughs) Um, But yes, and so concludes my discussion of Ride on Track. How did we like it? I can't hear you, but I can only assume... 
They're just a, a an altogether cheer of woohoo, fantastic. We loved your podcast. Thank you guys so much. That's actually really sweet. I can't believe you you took the time out of your day to say that, but I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, next or in two weeks, the next episode we're gonna talk about a movie that I haven't decided yet. I have a couple in the mix that I'm thinking about. Um, the mom in this movie plays a character in another movie. Um, go figure, because I saw that on her IMDb. Also. Uh, 85% of the cast of Right on Track was also in Everwood. I don't know, you know, what the connection is there, but it was, it was odd. Because Everwood to me isn't like a, a Law and Order type show where like literally everybody's been in at least one episode. That seems specific. It seems unique. Maybe it's Salt, maybe it's Salt, maybe it was shot in Salt Lake. Who knows? Just like a little, just something, just like a fun fact. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she was in Go Figure, so we might talk about Go Figure, um, I've mentioned Brink, I've mentioned Motocross, I've talked about a lot of other DCOMs in this episode. It's really going to be what I'm feeling, um, what, you know, what the moment strikes me as. If you have any suggestions, of course, I want to hear them. Um, I guess I'll say this now, don't suggest Motocross. That's going to be a super special episode. I don't know what mark I'm going to hit to get it, but that's my, like, that's my all-time favorite. So we're really going to do it up for Motocross. <laughs> um, this is tacky. But did you know that if you rate my podcast in the iTunes store, maybe other people will see it, people that I don't personally know and just follow the link from my Facebook, and then maybe people will listen to it and enjoy it? Wouldn't that be a wild ride? Wouldn't that be absolutely bonkers if you just popped over there and gave it five or four stars? I'm not going to demand five stars, but I think three would be a little hurtful. It's up to you, but you know, four or five stars. If you want to leave a review, leave a review. I tried to leave one myself. I don't think iTunes let me. I just kept trying to put, who is this bitch? Love her. And it wouldn't let me do it. <laughs> I don't know if it's because there's a swear word or if because it was, they knew it was me trying to write about my own podcast. But sometimes in life, we don't always get what we want. But sometimes we get what we need. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. If it's nighttime, I hope you go to bed soon. If it's lunchtime, I hope your food's delicious. Talk to you later. Ew. No, I won't. Love you. Bye.